Your home is your biggest investment. So don't waste money experimenting when it comes to building, maintaining, or repairing it. From the chimney and the flooring to your siding and even the white picket fence, we've got you covered. This is Home Science Show, where we dispel the myths and misconceptions about your home. Reading the fine print so you don't have to. Here's your hosts, Chris Linder and Dmitry Lipinski. Welcome to today's episode of the Home Science Show with Dimitri and Chris. I'm Chris Linder, Dimitri Lipinski, and today we are talking about roofing, all the things you need to know, what to do, what to not to do, and we have a special guest in here all the way from the Detroit, Michigan area, and it is uh, Victor Smolinoff, and he is actually the owner and operator of a very nice roofing company in the Detroit area. He flew in just a few minutes ago, uh, straight in from the airport. Victor was... Uh, Nice enough to come by, and uh, we're going to get it going and, and talk a lot of roofing as we uh, get in coming into the winter here and some of the things we should be doing with our roof and all that as well. Uh, Dimitri, what do you got? Well, not much. Finally, uh, we have somebody in the studio more successful and knowledgeable than us. True expert, excited about that, and uh, cannot wait to talk about our lovely roofing industry because it's it's a... Uh, it's not the clean one. There's a lot, a lot of complaints about roofers in the country. It doesn't matter if you live in Michigan or if you live in Minneapolis. I'm pretty sure we're all going to learn something from Victor today. Victor, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on. I, uh, it's, uh, it's fun to sit down with a couple of like-minded individuals and uh, talk about our trade. Um, thank you for the good introduction, and I'm, I'm excited to be here. Absolutely, man. Well, I wanted to start first with your story. How in the world did you get... Uh, first in the country and second in the roofing industry. I know we have a unique story. We want to hear from you. Sure. Um, so my story is uh, a little bit similar to yours, Dimitri. I'm a, myself as uh, I'm an immigrant myself. I uh, moved here in '96. Uh, at that time, I was nine years old. Uh, I was part of four kids, and I grew up kind of in a in a rough part of town. I actually um, did not have any hot running water until the age of seven. And I still remember using a, a bathroom outside because our house did not have indoor plumbing. So uh, my parents had an opportunity to move uh, to the USA uh, after majority of my dad's family moved over. We, they took the advantage. They brought us over to provide a, a better life, a better opportunity for, for us to grow up into. And uh, that was it. So we moved into Detroit in 96. It was uh, right before Christmas. I remember driving uh, after the air, you know after landing at the airport. Uh, my, my uncle had like a f-250 diesel super duty i think he was doing roofing he just started doing roofing at that time and i'm like man this is what america is about he had a cell phone in the car i, th- I don't think it was a cell phone it was like one of those giant phones that had a cord to it with the bag with the bag <laughs> all of it and i'm like wow this is america this is cool probably back then he had a little guy walking behind him just carrying the bag <laughs> he, he had the 350 to drive it around it was a big bag <laughs> so that, that was exciting so we had the opportunity to move here and uh, how i got started in the roofing industry is through my dad um when you move to the U.S. Uh, as an immigrant, especially when you got four kids, a wife to support, you got no English, right? You start off with, a, I mean, he had four bags, and his brother was doing roofing at that time, and it's like, well, I can't speak English, but I can move my hands, right? I can swing a hammer, I can put nails into a roof. So that's how they got started. They started working uh, as a crew for a company called New Roof in our area. Uh, it was him and two brothers, and they basically did a couple roofs, a uh, couple roofs a week. Sometimes it would take a day. Sometimes it takes, you know, three days to do a big one. And I remember as a kid, uh, my dad leaving to work uh, way before I would wake up to go to school. He would be gone in the evenings. He'd come home late, exhausted, dirty after long days of work. 
And, I mean, he did that for, you know, for a very, very long time, and he's actually still working with us at the, at the moment. Um, but after, you know, three wow. – what is it? Wow. Wow, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, but after uh, three short years, we were able to move to a, a better neighborhood. My parents were very good uh, with their money. I would say they were very frugal, right? We did not go out to eat um, – we did not go out and buy ice cream from an ice cream truck because you could buy five dollars worth of ice cream. You know, either one popsicle from an ice cream truck, or you can buy a whole gallon from Kroger. Right? Uh, pizza was the uh, pizza from Kroger that you can buy two for five, and each pack had uh, two in it. So you basically, you had four pizzas for five bucks, and then you heat it in the oven, and you put some of your own toppings on it. And Doritos were basically a Sunday snack for four kids in the uh, right. in, in the afternoon. So. Uh, they were very frugal. They were able to provide for us, and they were able to move us into a better school di- uh, school district. That's the immigrant hustle right there where you just figure out. And, you know, I love those stories with the first immigrants. They were so disciplined, no mortgages. No, like like you, you just described, you have to watch every penny. I absolutely love it. So you work with your brother now, too. Uh, I follow you on the Instagram, social media. You have really... A uh, nice YouTube channel, and uh, how did you start on your own? Like, how, wh- wh- what made? I mean, you live American dream. There is no question about it. Lovely family. You have four kids. Congrats on the last one. Was like mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it was actually a, <laughs> a couple months ago. He's uh, three months old now. Wow. So American dream. How did you start? Why did you decide to go on your own? So I decided to go on my own. I mean, I after high school, I. Um, Growing up, I, my my dad worked with my uncles, and I always kind of looked up to my uncle. I'm like, hey, he's got money. He's got guys working for him. So I wanted to kind of – maybe I, you know, I'll be like him. So growing up, I kind of wanted to do something on my own. And uh, when I turned 21, I actually opened up Victor's Roofing. And for the first uh, for the first five years, I most of my work came from a general contractor in the area. So I was basically subbing the, you know, subbing the work. And I was installing roofing with, you know, five, six guys. And then, you know, at one point, it, it got to a point where – it beats up your body, you know, installing roofing for five straight years. It, it, you get really old doing it. And I remember a guy from my church just kind of just, you know, talking to him. And he's like, hey, listen, you're going to get really old doing this. And you're never going to be uh, successful working for somebody else. And I'm like, you know what? If he says it, let me try it. Victor is actually 18 years old. He just looks older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you, I mean, you, you've kind of explained the, the standard of getting into the roofing industry for, for most is, you know, you know you're going to put a flag in the ground, go after this yourself. And, and then what I'm, what I'm curious about is we see where you're at right now and we know where the company starts. What was the, you know, kind of the turning point that you realize it, Hey, I don't just want to have a company. I don't just want to make some money. I want to build a company that's going to be here possibly for generations, but also you do so many things right in so many ways with all your systems and processes and you you just run a really clean and, and quality operation what made you decide to invest? Because I know what it's like. That's an investment. That's a huge investment into your your people, all the resources it takes to shift that gear rather than just push the money back into your own pocket and continue going down that road. What what was the big change? What why what did that for you? I don't think it's I, I don't I don't think there's a, a big aha moment where you know something just clicks and says, hey, I want to do it this way. I want to do it that way. Uh, for me, it's it's one step at a time, and I think what I can attribute it to is the fact that I'm never satisfied, right? When I when we master one thing in our business, it's almost like okay, cool and done. What's next? What's the next thing that we can get better on? And when I, you know, when we took the business from seven hundred thousand a year to uh, the next year being, you know, two million, 
it was okay. So we get rid of two million. How how can we get to three or how can we get to six or how can we get to uh, to ten? And you look at all those systems that you need to invest in, and that's how we started doing that, right? We said, hey, in order for us to come, go from two to four, we got to do this. Once we master it, we got that done. What's the next system that we have to do? So you understood the value in the systems and, and how it's going to get to those different levels. Again, we're listening to Victor Smolinoff uh, from Victor's Roofing, uh, just uh, basically the Detroit area in Michigan. And um, he's been kind enough to come in today and talk to us a little bit about uh, some, a big topic as a homeowner, roofing industry, and some of the things we need to do. We're going to get into the next segments here and talk more about what we can do as homeowners. But um, So tell, tell us a little bit about uh, some more of the things that you're you know, focused on as, as a roofing company with providing. I know you've talked a lot about quality of service and all those sorts of things, just briefly here. So at the moment, um, we, you know, this year we're probably going to be doing about over a, a little bit over a thousand projects, and uh, our main focus is, you know, obviously everybody wants a good quality roof that doesn't leak, but our main focus right now is providing a good quality service as well, a good customer experience because uh, a good roof is an expectations from every, you know from everybody, but it's the experience and the service that people are seeking for, and that's what makes us different. Yeah, I think you just said it, customer experience, and that's what a lot of people are really looking for. When we come back, guys, we're going to talk about why Victor's Roofing in my company doesn't clean roofs. What What is it? What has happened to roofers and why roofing businesses don't offer roof cleanup services? Welcome back to the Home Science Show with Dimitri and Chris. We've got Victor Smolinoff, Victor's Roofing out of Detroit, Michigan in here today. And uh, right before the break, we talked a little bit about customer experience. And Victor, uh, Dimitri, I want to ask you guys a little bit about, you talk about customer experience. I think sometimes, you know, it's obviously it's about what they're experiencing uh, with your company, you know, as far as all the things that you're supposed to do. Um, but there's other uh, products and services out there that might give them a bad experience that they may not even understand. And one of the topics I think that comes up quite a bit lately that I see and hear about, and I know you two probably do quite a bit because you're very involved in that industry, is cleaning a roof. So I'm going to go with you first, Dimitri. Talk to me about a little bit about uh, roof cleaning services, you know, do's, don'ts, all that sort of thing. Just what is it? You know, why sure. would people even be doing that? Well, I see a big trend right now in the marketplace uh, where Amazon have companies who offers roof cleaning. I see uh, companies on the rise. There's a company called like Roof Shampoo. I've seen their advertising. Uh, I see another company they use organic um, product. It's a soybean product. They apply it and it softens the granule, softens the shingle. Uh, unfortunately, it's expensive, so it's not affordable. But uh, I also see homeowners, do-it-yourselfers, who goes in with a pressure washer try to clean that algae, and that's just <laughs> like straight out wrong. Don't do it. And uh, who else does it? Handyman people, not roofers. So uh, I want to ask Victor his opinion and why his company doesn't offer pressure washer uh, services on the roofs. Sure, sure. <laughs> I, I was actually smiling as you were mentioning the oil and the softening of the shingles. We actually do offer that service. It's called RoofMax. Uh, and so it's actually a really good product that we apply to the roof to uh, – 
extend the life of it. Now, the one product that we don't use... It, it, but it's not cleaning, it's It extent. doesn't. No, yep. no. It's basically, if yep. you have algae streaks, they're staying there. It's yep. conditioning, but it just, right? Yeah, basically, you're, you're conditioning the roof. It's almost like seal coating uh, a mm-hmm. driveway. Um, but as far as roof shampoos or roof cleaning, we get we get asked a lot, right? Like, we, we'll get Yelp messages. We'll get messages on our uh, website asking us to clean the roof. At the moment, we're not offering the service. And one of the main reasons why is just... I haven't. I have not found a solution that I like that works and that is permanent. Uh, maybe at one point, if we do find that solution, we'll be happy to offer that service. But right now, I haven't seen something that I like that would work and that we can put our name behind. But I, I agree with you. There's a lot of guys out there with power, power washers jumping on roofs and uh, and scraping some shingles off. Yeah. So one of the main reasons that somebody would want to wash a roof, in case you're wondering, is like in Michigan, Minnesota, you know, um, all over the country, really. But um, we get a lot of algae on our mm-hmm. roofs. And that's usually, you kind of see that streaking, discoloring. And in some cases, even the big green blobs and patches, um, you can get moss, everything growing on your roof. And, you know, you, a lot of times the roof's not very old and it starts to get this as well. And so you think, well, my roof's not that old. You know, I can clean it. What's there in there? So there's lots of services out there. And I, what, I want to hear is, I've seen this go on quite a bit. Dimitri, tell me what some of the, I, I know that you hear the horror stories and all this, and not only that, you as a company, and I'm sure you do too, Victor, is you come ac- you come out to a home where somebody said, you know, I had my roof cleaned and now it's leaking, or I had my roof cleaned and now, it, you know, there's other problems uh, in other areas. Well, the worst one I've seen is actually during the wintertime. So there is a company school who tried to remove ice dams with... Uh, pressure washer there is a big difference in equipment so you can clean it with the steam you can clean it with something gentle and softer pressure versus high pressure so i've seen roofs where honestly the entire roof have to be redone because one when you apply pressure washer and you're talking about like difference in equipment right uh low pressure steamer will get output of 1.5 gallon per minute where pressure washer i think is like 10. so imagine 110 miles per hour winds and rain at the same time that's what a lot of times happens so the when wall meets shingles it's not designed for for the hurricane wind and guys who don't know what they're doing they literally putting pressure i mean if you come to your house and you apply that pressure in the window or in some areas you will have immediate leaks inside i've seen more damage from uh, pressure washer than i've seen from ice dams when we were in boston a couple of years ago yeah and just to piggyback on that dimitri uh just to uh, for for the homeowners and the reason uh, i i want just to cover the high pressure that you keep talking about the reason high pressure is bad for a shingled roof is because a shingle is a asphalt product that has a that has a coating on it with granules. Those granules are are obviously there for looks. They're different colored. You can get them in black, brown, gray. But the main reason for those granules is to protect the asphalt from dry rotting, right? If you imagine if you leave your if you leave a piece of asphalt outside on a roof, in a couple of years it's gonna fail. So th- those granules they protect it from UV rays, right? Mm-hmm. So when you go up there with a pressure washer, you basically are scraping life off of your roof because when those granules come off of your roof you're basically aging it by one two sometimes 10 years at a time and that is the big issue with inexperienced guys using pressure washers to uh, to clean roofs how would you even walking on your roof sometimes is not recommended not to mention walking with equipment and you know other stuff so you, In the you hot have- sun hot sun like you making damage so think about insurance claim insurance 
literally will cover your roof uh, when you have major granule loss. But now we literally going in and removing them mechanically, reducing life of that roof. That's never a good idea. And you just shorten, like Victor said, life of that roof. Yeah, I think the the high pressure is is obviously the number one cause of of these problems when it comes to cleaning them. Now, I think there's something to be said if if I'm a homeowner and I'm looking at it and I'm going, my roof is five years old. I just spent big dollars. I I bought the right stuff, and it looks terrible. It looked beautiful two years ago even. Mm -hmm. Why should I replace it? Why can't I clean it? So the the question is, what should you know? What should we be looking for when we're trying to find somebody? If we are going to look at that, now cleaning is very expensive, and if you're continuously doing it, it, it adds up really quick. It comes back every two three years. Yeah, so it doesn't you... go away for good, right? So um, I think the big thing is is what we you had mentioned was you want low pressure, and then do you know are when they're cleaning them, are they using steam as well? Because I know the product is one thing, but some companies do. They do, yeah. Because I know, like with ice dams, you talked about that steam. Yep. Well, that's what's going to cut the. That's what should be cutting the ice off the roof, not the pressure from the water, um, because the second they get through that, your your roof is going to get crushed. Well, Victor knows it, and uh, the problem is kind of going away in couple a uh, couple years because uh, all modern manufacturers they started using a lot of copper. Copper is what's going to fight the algae on the roof, and one of the ma- major issues we have. Uh, with the LG right now, because uh, years ago, it just goes to history of asphalt shingles. So like 10, 20 years ago, uh, when asphalt prices went up, everybody started using limestone. So limestone is what was feeding the LG and still eating. It's pretty much food for LG. So now manufacturers start advertising and putting warranties on LG. I know uh, Victor's installed a lot of Atlas shingles. It's pretty much 3M uh, granules. You have 12 to 15%, I believe, of copper in, the, in them. So it fights it. So one of the best solutions that actually install copper strips all the way at the heap. And if you, if you drive through town, you see metal components on the roofs, like your pipe jacks and stuff. And underneath, it's usually nice and clean because it has zinc or aluminum in them. And the same concept applies. So if you have a problem, it, unfortunately, it's not going to go right away. It, it will take a lot of rain to clean it, but copper is what's going to fight it. Yeah, you bring up a really good point that I hadn't I hadn't really noticed it until you said that, but around your pipe jacks that are coming through your roof, underneath what the shingles is, the you know, the collar, the boot has that metal yep. piece there. And you're right, it seems like the streaking can be all around, but it's not right there. And it's, that's what manufacturers doing today. They're putting inside grains. They're embedding it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so the one thing that we do have to be careful when we say that most modern shingles have copper, uh, we you have to look at the copper concentration in the shingle itself. Exactly. Right, so there's a lot of different manufacturers that have street fighter warranties, that have stain guard warranties, and uh, the roof on my own, my own home, I'm building a new house, but the house that we're moving out of, the roof is 10 years old, and uh, that manufacturer that, uh, you know, build that shingle says that there's 3% copper concentration in that shingle and it's supposed to stay streak free. My roof is 10 years old. It is dirty and it looks like it's old, but it's only 10 years old. And that's where 3M has done a ton of testing, lots of testing where anything that's below 10% copper concentration, it's going to be tough for that roof to stay clean long-term, right? You might be two years, five years, eight years, but once you get above 10% copper concentration, like you said, 3M and Atlas, where they have 12 to 15, you're talking about 12 to 15% of your roof surface having copper-coated granules. And that that's where that's going to help long-term keep your roof clean, where you don't have to power wash it and have to worry about it. 
Well, um, this is not a commercial for any manufacturer out there, but I would say out of eight uh, of bigger, biggest companies out there, I would say two, three are actually have decent warranties for LG. Uh, I know you like Atlas. I love Atlas too. Atlas, OC, Owen Scorning are probably my top two choices right now. And if you're in the market for shingles that will, because you already have trees around your house and you need to have a shingles that will fight LG, make sure you read the fine print and LG warranty because most manufacturers will do claims that they have copper in them, but Victor is right. It's about that concentration. It's about, you know, I I trust in 3M. 3M backs up Atlas shingles. I know they also install it uh, on OC. And, you know, 3M sells their granules to a lot of shingle manufacturers. But those two are, and Malarkey's third one, are probably top three in the country when it comes to uh, fighting algae. Yeah. Board. Yeah, so the so the tip the tip really is they're all saying it because they kind of have to as a manufacturer to say, well, we have copper in ours too, but at that concentration level is what's going to make the difference. So if you do have those big trees, you know, like at, at my home, I got twenty five of these massive two hundred year old oak trees, and my roof is, uh, I mean, just looks terrible with algae because of that. But um, you, you know, pay attention to that to that uh, percentage of of copper. Uh, again, you guys are listening to the Home Science Show with Dimitri and Chris, and we've got uh, Victor Smolianoff with Victor's Roofing in here. If, if you guys have any questions, we want to answer some of these in more depth and we can get answers, questions to Victor or Dimitri on some of this stuff uh, through our website. You can email us at info at homescienceshow.com. You can find us on YouTube at The Home Science Show and um, look for us out there on Facebook and Instagram too. We're, we're trying to uh, get as much information out to you guys as we possibly can. Welcome back to the Home Science Show with Dimitri and Chris. We've got Victor Smolianoff with Victor's Roofing in here. And uh, last segment, we talked uh, quite a bit about uh, roof cleaning. And, you know, if you've got uh, got a roof, a lot of algae and stuff like that, you might be considering cleaning your roof. Uh, you know, some of the things that you should be looking for, you know, when you're trying to figure that out. I think that um, that you know, kind of rolls into what I want to talk about next. And I mean, anytime you're going to hire somebody to work on your roof or your property in general, we've talked a lot about in other episodes too, is just, you know, how to hire or maybe as Dimitri would like to say, how not to hire a roofing contractor. Dimitri, what do you mean by that when you say that? Well, just other day I was watching news and there's a contractor i believe in the philadelphia area got in the news for stealing four thousand dollars took four thousand dollars pretty much run away and he got in the news i'm like who gets in the news for four thousand dollar theft my receptionist stole more from me and there's no way it get any exposure but the point is uh, i watched that news piece because it's a news and at the end the anchor goes like well, to avoid this so it doesn't happen to you, here's what you do. And she was going with the tips, and one of them was like, get three estimates. And I'm just so tired of hearing the same tips, the same stuff over and over and over again. Who said that you need to hire three contractors or get three estimates or get seven estimates? Like Victor said earlier, if you do get seven estimates and they're all from scammers, they all come from contractors from home advisor that all could be bad and you don't feel in, in you know like now you just got seven bad estimates <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know, further along how, how does that gonna help you to make a decision 
Okay, I got three estimates, and now what? Go with the middle one, the cheapest one, the most expensive one. What kind of tip is that in the first place? Well, and it's so ingrained into our head, and you guys tell me, but it's it's almost like you come across uh, people that are they're they're like they're collecting them, <laughs> you know, like they've started a collection of yeah, estimates. Yeah, no, we we run across that a lot, and I think just uh, last week we uh, we had our new record. We were number thirteen, and he still had two more coming in after us. And at that time, you have to wonder like. You have a job, or is this you know is this a hobby of yours just to listen to you know, fifteen people pitch you a a roofing product? Uh, but uh, a big thing for me, and I just wanted to add is like like you said, Dimitri, seven estimates could be seven bad estimates, and one estimate from the right guy could be the one estimate that you just need. And a lot of it goes back to your gut feeling. If if you trust that person, if if they have good rapport with you, if have that if they have good references, if they're able to provide you with uh, with all the products that they're using, that's going to be, you know, that's going to be your guy, right? And it might, that might be your guy number one, that might be your guy number two, or it might be number seven. Absolutely. So I'm going to start with this. I'm going to start the list of tips how not to hire a roofing contractor, and I want you guys to to continue the list. So my number one tip on the list how not to hire a contractor is never, ever, ever go with the cheapest bid. Amen. Like, and I mean it as a rule. I know some people, they just go with the cheapest. They want to save money. That's a bad idea. They're just asking for troubles. When you go with the cheapest contractor, you are just asking for trouble. He's going to buy cheap materials, not pay his employment taxes or not to have employees or sub out. I mean, who knows what you're asking for, but that's never a good idea. What's number two? Well, before we go into number two, you sure. said, uh, number one, don't be the cheap, you know, don't hire the cheapest roofer. Um, it's not only about the fact that, hey, they're going to install bad quality products with bad labor. It could be that they're installing good products with good labor. It could be just a bad businessman who's probably going to be out of business in a year or two because he's not going to be able to afford to stay in business to honor any warranty or stand behind that roof in the future. There's a lot to be said for that. I think that people as consumers, what we're uh, concerned with is the immediate right now. You want to know that you've, you've got, a, you know, you're being told that you've got a warranty. But if, you know, like you just said, if this guy's not charging enough money, being profitable, being able to pay his taxes, being able to keep good quality people around long term, he's not going to be around to service. What, he might as well give you a, a lifetime labor warranty because he, he knows he's not going to ever have to deal with it. He's never going to be around to service it anyway. Yep, yep. I would say number two for me is uh, don't hire somebody who does not tell you exactly what they're going to be doing with the roof. So in our sales process, that when we come out to meet with a potential homeowner that's looking to hire us or to get a quote, I mean, we go we go through every single step that we do, right? We go from tear-off to property protection to the type of underlayments that we're going to be using to the type of flashcards to the type of flashing drip edge vents. We explain in our proposal every single line, line by line, showing to the customer how we do, you know, what we do and why we do it. At the end of the day, that proposal, that contract is how the contractor or how the homeowner is going to hold us accountable. And if somebody just comes in and gives you a price, it's, you know, $9,000 to do your roof and just says, you know, here's your shingle, but doesn't explain everything else that goes into it, don't hire them. Yeah, there's a there's a lot. And I want to I want to dig in on some of that. I think we we kind of assume there's some there's some real basic stuff that we we should know and we should probably just say. But you you have to make sure you, the guy's licensed. If if it requires a license, so that's it, you should number have, three? have a license. Well, I mean maybe it maybe that's just a, 
a automatic number one, right? We can't hire an unlicensed guy, but we're really more talking about trying to dig in on some of the other things that aren't maybe quite as obvious, but an, an insured, licensed and insured should be just, you know, kind of an automatic. And, and we can talk a little bit about what level of insurance, because I think that's super important as well. Um, but getting to, to Victor's point too, is you, you talked about somebody who's willing to come in and show you all of the things they're going to do. And I know both of you and how you guys run your businesses with relation to that. And it, it impresses me from a business standpoint. But in addition to that, as a homeowner, I think that we're conditioned to kind of, um, you know, spot the salesman, so to speak. But what we should, we should make sure that we understand what spot the salesman means is that when a guy's going through or a gal's going through a sales process and digging in and showing you exactly who they are as a company, what they pride themselves in, not just telling you, you know, we're this, we're that, all those things, because, you know, they're just rattling off all their accolades at you, you know, big deal. You know, you don't really know what any of that means anyway, but when they're going to dig in and show you all that stuff, to me, that means that they have a company that's invested in, in making sure that whoever's talking to the homeowner, that they're spending the adequate amount of time to really show them what their company's all about and helping build that value. And if that salesperson's doing that, that means that he's working for a company that he believes is actually backing all that up because he's the one out there talking to homeowners and promises. And believe it or not, that's a big deal. Victor, how many compliments do you get on your process versus, like, I, I know I hear it all the time, like, oh, nobody ever showed it to us. Like, sometimes it can be such a simple thing, like, underlayment oh we didn't know like other five guys they didn't tell us that you have to even do it whether it's a drip patch plywood or you get a lot of compliments oh absolutely we get those compliments all the time and you know before we leave the customer's house when we sign up a deal we say hey what is the reason that you went you know and bought from us today and a lot of times it's the fact that we're super thorough that we explain everything that we do and it could be as simple as hey you're the only guy that got up on my roof or went into my attic space yeah, and again, we're we're talking with uh, uh, Victor Smolianoff from Victor's Roofing, and he came in today uh, to the Home Science Show to just talk with us a little bit more about roofing. If you have questions, you can send them uh, info at homescienceshow.com or you know um, follow uh, us on Facebook and and check us out there, uh, Home Science Show, to uh, get your questions across. But um, Dimitri, tell us a little bit about some, some more of that. I, I'm, I'm so curious. my my next team uh, tip would be. Uh, in line with what just been said is do not hire a contractor who just provided you with a bulk estimate. I see it all the time. And sometimes they don't even have uh, capacity to email it to you. They write it down and say, hey, I'll do your roof for $8,000. Well, what does it consist of? Where are you going to buy material? So uh, in any good estimate or proposal that uh, from solid company, you should expect warranty, like wind warranty, how many nails per shingle will be installed. It's not just the price and volume of your shingles. Like, you know, like for your size, you're roughly talking about $8,000. How many nails you're going to put on? How many, what accessories? Because shingles is one of, five or six major accessories goes on the roof. Make sure it's detailed. Make sure he's not just a sales rep who, you know, coming up with a quick math and somebody will have to deal with the aftermath later because it's all profit and loss. You know, one detail, one line can add significant amount of expenses to the company. And if he didn't estimate it right, either A, 
they're going to ask for more money or B, they're going to cut corners. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's good feedback. And I would say another big point for me or another tip is, is social proof, right? You want to uh, hire somebody or potentially not hire somebody based on their reputation or somebody who cares about their reputation, right? In, in, in the new age of Facebook, you know, all the so- social sites, you know, it's very easy for a customer to give their feedback on a company. And uh, as a company owner, you have to care about that reputation. And I know for, for sure that in our business, we go the extra mile to make sure that we try to please everybody as possible. Now, of course, there's going to be the one-off who you can't please. And that's, you know, that's that's a given. But if somebody has a terrible reputation uh, across all platforms, it's probably a sign that they're not a good contractor. Yeah, but the good contractors, they're going to have complaints but they're going to deal with them and they're going to take care of them because exactly. everybody does business differently and different expectations. And, and the more you explain it up front and like I say, let, let the contractor bore you with details because that means he cares what, about what he's doing and he knows what he's talking about and you need to let him bore you with those details. And my tip would be how not to hire is do not hire contractors who trying to avoid uh, online reputation. I see, like, for example, Facebook. If you see company on the Facebook who uh, doesn't have reviews, they chose to remove that option for a reason. It's so easy to sign up with the online uh, companies, online listings, whether it's a Thumbtack, Angels List, you name it, you know, Google. I mean, it's easy. The only reason companies are not doing it, they're trying to hide, or maybe they already received good amount of bad reviews. And now they're trying to hide because they can, or they can change their name, what's not. Yeah, because they can remove that option right right from the uh, social media to not even be there. So, um, all right, when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this because I don't think we're done on how not to hire a roofing contractor. And I think we can get into a little bit more fine details after the break. Welcome back. You're listening Home Science Show with Dimitri and Chris. My name is Dimitri, and today we already talked about how to choose a cleaning roofing company, cleaning versus replacement. We spoke with uh, our guest, Victor, small enough about how to choose the right shingles. If you do have a lot of trees around your property, you have algae uh, problems, and uh, how not to hire roofing contractors. And we keep co- talking about how to avoid costly mistakes when choosing a roofing products or choosing a roofing contractor. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I want to go circle back a little bit to, uh, you know, Victor in that, okay, so you know all the things not to do and how to tell people, you know, what to avoid, you know, some of those things that we can kind of continue with that. What, you know, what happens when they're doing some of these things? What, you know, what should people be expecting you just so you know because a lot of people haven't put a new roof on their house so you hear make sure you don't do this when you hire make sure you do that you know don't do that when you hire somebody but what does that mean like you know kind of explain what do we see when we do have a a bad contractor because i think sometimes people don't realize maybe how bad it really could be or what comes with that do you have any stories to tell do I have any stories to tell? Well, we just recently replaced a roof that was, uh, I think, a month or two old. <laughs> and uh, he hired a friend of a friend, and uh, it wasn't a full-time roofer, somebody who knew how to roof. And then they had to give us another $7,000 to replace the roof again. 
And I mean, it's a good, uh, it's obviously we feel bad for the homeowner that they're spending money twice, but it's all, it's also, a, it was a good lesson for even our own sales guys where they say, you know, when we, when, when I talk about those bad situations, it's like these things really, really do happen. Right. And obviously there's some funny ones where the shingles are installed upside down or, but legitimately there's a lot of bad installs out there. Yeah. Well, one of the things with that too, is it like you just said, the whole friend of a friend, the guy knows how to roof, he's worked for a roofer forever. But, you know, you start talking about, you know, how not how to how to choose or not choose a contractor. One of the things is, is, is with the bigger companies and stuff like that, when things go really bad, are they going to have enough money to actually redo it? Not just will they or are they going to fight with you about it and drag it on forever, but are they actually in a financial position to even tear it all off and redo it all again? And I'm betting that the whole friend of the friend thing. I mean, this guy probably just works for somebody who's doing a side job. Well, he doesn't have an extra 7000 bucks laying around if this goes sideways. He's, he's hoping to just put some money in his pocket that he didn't have before this started. Well, a lot of people uh, think the general contractor in general is easy because, you know, you look at a professional company who come in, in and out by 3 p.m., everything is done, and people think it's easy to subcontract. So another uh, mistake I see a lot of people are doing are um, acting as a general contractor. Uh, actually, the worst job I've ever seen in my life was my best friend's house. Uh, he got insurance check. And he decides to go on the Craigslist and find a contractor and go to the, to the home um, store and buy shingles. So he did it kind of like, I'm going to manage myself, hire two guys, pay them cash at the end of the day. They spend like three days on the roof. And sure enough, you come in, everything leaks. Long story short, he had to uh, pretty much start claim all over again and <laughs> have insurance company covers again because... He had damage in the walls. Everything was leaking inside out. And when homeowner tried to act as a general contractor, and I'm pretty sure you, Victor, get a lot of it. Hey, can you just install my shingles if I buy them? Why do you think people are doing it? I mean, I think the perceived uh, reason that they're doing it is the perceived potential to save money, right? And we do get calls sometimes, and it's it's funny because we also get calls. Hey, the guy left. <laughs> I bought the shingles he started. Can you come in and finish it? And we're like, we can finish it, but we have to use all of our own products. That that way we can stand behind it. I think it's just it's it's the human aspect of trying to save costs and thinking that hey, listen, if those guys can do it, I can do it. Let me just save a little bit of money and. I mean, there's uh, there's lots of ways to uh, to put a bad roof on. Well, many many general contractors or you know spe- roofing specific, they sub their crews out, which which can be certainly fine. But if you talk to those general contractors, those roofing contractors, and ask them if they you know get a candid answer out of them, ask them how many bad crews they went through or had to deal with before they found the ones that they hang on to with a kung fu grip now because they know they do a great job and that's what their reputation depends on so to as a homeowner to think you're going to get it right on the first swing and just go get a you know an install crew that just happens to be laying around and they're real good and can do a great job well you know they're not i mean they're not doing anything they're not busy i mean that's because nobody else is using them I just wanted to highlight something Victor just said when um, he mentioned that he would not finish the job because he has to provide materials. And uh, I think a lot of homeowners don't realize about uh, materials in general in the roofing industry. So what's happening is uh, all the roofers have very special relationships with their manufacturers. So when you see shingle, let's say in Lowe's or Home Depot, what people don't know that average uh, purchase in those stores is three bundles. Roofers don't buy 
uh, in the big box stores. We have our suppliers, we have our relationships, and we cannot just install any shingle because we have to provide warranty. It's not like building a shed or a dog house. You're talking about roofs that has a lot of liability, and we want to make sure that if our workmanship is not good enough, that manufacturer will come in, or if something fails, manufacturers also will back up their product. So a lot of people don't don't realize that. That's why you have to hire roofing, not chucking a truck, because that's how it works. Well, and what you don't realize is that lifetime shingle that you bought in the store, that's just on the shingle, not on not the, not on the way it was installed. And, and it's different. It is. Yep. And they all, they all change. So, you know, just know that if, you know, you're not just per- totally protected because you bought a shingle, it's a lifetime warranty on it. But in addition to that, too, is that you can bet that when you file a claim on a shingle, that manufacturer is going to come right out and they're going to know exactly what to look for. And they're going to know if that shingle was installed properly and if the substrate below it was was done right, if the ventilation is all right, and that they have lots of outs to get out behind that. So if you don't have a quality roofing company doing it that knows those rules and has to follow them in order to keep their certification, you could be in big trouble. What nobody will tell you is the shingle warranty that you buy from the store is completely different from a shingle warranty that you buy from contractor. So if you install it yourself, it's never going to be more than 10 years. So if you go as a homeowner and buy a shingle and hire just a laborer to install, it's a 10-year cap. After that, you're on your own. When you hire a professional certified contractor, it's 25. It's anywhere from 15 to 25, correct? Correct, yeah. And the, and the big thing, too, is uh, you guys were both honing in on the warranty. Um, and you and since we're talking about how to avoid those costly mistakes, the big the big thing that you have to watch out is for the labor warranty because we both you know we all know that majority of the leaks come not from the shingles, right? The shingles can have a lifetime warranty, they can have a ten year warranty. The big reason that we all replace a lot of roofs is because they were improperly installed or they're leaking. They're not leaking because the shingle has aged. They're not leaking because it's an old shingle. They're leaking because the details of how their roof was put together were either done wrong or they're already, you know, worn out and they need to be repaired. Or or a roofing contractor that maybe didn't understand all the components to a roof, right, because you can prematurely age that roof. So if you had that, you know, good quality shingle and they didn't take the time to pay attention to the ventilation system and they bake that roof from the underside, you know, that's going to be something that there's no way you're going to know that or think about that as a homeowner in time to know that. So finding somebody who understands those things. And if they don't spend, that's a great tip. If they don't spend time talking with you about ventilation when they're talking to you about selling your roof, then they don't know enough about roofing. And I'm going to share one ugly, ugly statistic because I like to talk about ugly stuff. It's about half percent of all roofs fail even with the manufacturer warranties, if you go to any big manufacturer, its um, failure rate is about half percent. So what's happening with all major companies, each like let's say a roofing company installs thousands of projects per year, one, two, three of them will fail, a manufacturer will come back and replace it start to finish. And I'm talking about the billion-dollar corporations. And the reason they do it, because they have a relationship with a contractor who installs 1,000 roofs. And if anything goes wrong, as a matter of fact, right now there's two big companies. They have plants here in Minnesota, and they have major issues this year that they didn't have in the last 10 years. I just talked to my supplier. And they're starting claims, and manufacturers are replacing it. 
But if you bought shingles from Home Depot, they don't have a relationship with Home Depot. But if if my company installed it and they wanted my business, they're going to back me up and my customers up. And that's the difference buying from contractor versus big box store. Well, you matter because your contractor matters to them. So when the when the shingle does have a problem, they're going to step in, take care of it, and then figure it out later, right? Is that, you know... That's yep. what you guys see as as larger roofing contractors, I'm sure, right? Exactly, exactly. Because Victor, it's, it's their relationship that you have. And, you know, if uh, if our roofs have issues and we don't get the backup from our manufacturer, that relationship is going to get deteriorated. Victor, it was uh, such a big pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you so much for sharing your story and teaching us something. I'm pretty sure Chris learned something. I've been taking notes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So now we know how to not hire a roofing contractor, how to choose a roofing shingle, what's most important thing in the roofing industry, and how to hire a roofing contractor. Thank you so much for coming, guys. Check us out on YouTube, uh, thehomescienceshow.com. Uh, also, you can text us or call us at 612-558-4881. Thanks for listening.